Well, I don't know about you, but for me, the last year at times has been pretty exhausting. I think of the pictures and the videos, the influencer quotes, the memes, the things I see on Twitter, the banter back and forth. I think of churches over the last year that have gone online. Ours is obvious, our church is part of that as well. We've been online the last year or so as well. And I think about all the messages online right in front of us that we see over and over. Some of that's good, right? The last year, the church has been able to get its message out and share this good news with the world. And at other times, there's so much that we see every single day. You know, with this in mind, I've just been thinking, and we've been thinking about Easter a little bit this year, and all that's before us, all that we hear and see on a daily basis. And one of the things that we've been drawn back to for this weekend is not to have like a super long commentary or opinions, but one of the things we want to do is we want to draw us back into this story. And so with that in mind, I just love to read the resurrection story. If you have a Bible, you want to open with me, we're just going to read through John chapter 20. And my hope is, is that the story would kind of just speak for itself and it would impart life into us. So let's read today. John 20 says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciples outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen there, as well as both that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So this is it. This is the story of resurrection. It doesn't need to be sugar-coated. It doesn't need to be pumped up or made better than what it actually is. This is the story that we lean into. This is the story that has been passed on to us. And you know, through the chaos of this year and all that's happened, I've just been thinking about just a couple things that I thought I could leave us with for this Easter. Amongst all that we've seen, all that we've experienced over the last number of months, it's pretty simple. First thing is this, Jesus is alive. 
I know, the classic kind of Easter kind of Christian thing, but I just want to remind us that Jesus is, he's alive. Jesus is risen. Now the question could be, uh, how do you know that, right? Well, I'm glad you asked because I think it's important to think through this. Well, I'm not like by nature an apologist, but I do think one of the things we get in the scriptures is the apostles actually leave us with a framework around how we can know a couple thousand years later that Jesus has risen from the dead. And here it is. Jesus actually showed up to people. I know that may not be profound, but Jesus actually showed up to people. Paul actually gets to this when he writes to a church years later. He writes to this church in Corinth. This is what he says. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to the other apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So Paul says here, it's pretty simple. He showed up to people. Jesus showed up to people. And not just a few people, but actually Jesus showed up to like 500 or more people. And those people that saw and, saw and experienced him after his resurrection passed that on to a generation, which was passed on to another generation, which was eventually passed on to our generation. Listen, I'm a skeptic by heart. I have lots of doubts and all sorts of questions, but legit, we have here that Jesus showed up to 500 people. And I just wanna remind us, again, I'm not like an apologist by nature, but I just wanna remind us that we're not smarter today than they were back in the first century. These were very intelligent people that understood and knew things. And certainly technology has changed and advanced to our day but it was passed on from one generation to the next to the next. Think of it like this. None of us were at the War of 1812. None of us are old enough, obviously, to be at the War of 1812. I wasn't there. There was no video from the War of 1812, but I believe that there was a war in 1812 that had historical kind of implications for where we are today. How do I know that? People experienced it, they wrote it down, and they passed it on. I don't question whether there was a war of 1812 or not. And I just think we need to think through. Very like-minded people wrote this down and passed it on. And so just because we weren't there and just because we don't have video evidence doesn't mean that this didn't happen. Jesus rose, he showed up to 500 people and he passed it on. Jesus is alive. And through all of my doubt, all of my skepticism, I just have to wrestle with 500 people saw this man after his resurrection and they passed it on. But the other thing I want to leave with us as well is just this, and we need to be reminded at Easter, is the fact that what happened to Jesus will happen to us. Let me just say it again. What happened to Jesus going into the grave and rising from the dead, the promise is, is that will happen to us. Paul in the same passage where he talks about Jesus rising from the dead and the 500 people and the apostles seeing him. He also goes on and he uses this word first fruits. He uses it a couple times in the text. And what's so interesting about this word is we don't use it a lot in our context, but really what it means is that Jesus was the first. He was the prototype. What happened to Jesus is going to happen to us. Listen to what Paul says again. 
He says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ is the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. So Paul basically gives us the reality that what happened to Jesus is actually a promise for us. That certainly Jesus defeated sin and death through his death, burial, and resurrection. But this is deeply tied now to our story. Jesus was the prototype, the first. He rose from the dead. And now the promise is at resurrection, you and I will be raised to new life. So the Christian story has always been this hope that though we die, none of us will actually beat physical death. One out of one, 10 out of 10, people go into the grave. The hope is that at the end, when Jesus returns, we will be raised like him and we will live with him forever. That this story is not in a vacuum or on its own, but that this story of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago has deep and profound implications for our lives because it says what happened to Jesus will happen to us. And those of us, the language here that Paul uses, that belong to him will live with him forever. Not some floating to another place story, not going somewhere else. But the promise is, the Christian hope, is that Jesus is coming here to establish his kingdom. And we will be raised to new life. So the reality is, in all of this, is we can actually experience this new life now by belonging to him, as Paul said. By putting our trust or our faith or our loyalty in Jesus. And I pray and my hope is is that you would do that if you haven't done that this Easter, is you'd give your allegiance to him. But that we'd also be reminded that this is a hopeful story, that what happened to Jesus will happen to us. We will be raised again. We can experience new life now. We can be saved now through Jesus' work. But there's ultimately a day where we will be saved, where Jesus will come and wipe every tear away, and he will set up his perfect and good kingdom here and we will live in his presence forever. This is the hope of Easter. This is the hope of the story and the narrative we're caught up in. Jesus came and inaugurated his kingdom. He defeated sin and death. And now we get to live. We get to play in that. So again, my hope for you is that if you've been at this for a while and you're a follower of Jesus, that we would just renew our allegiance today. We'd give our lives to him today again. But for those of you that may be watching and you've just kind of stumbled along on this or maybe somebody sent you a link and you're just, you found yourself here, that you would think through and you'd respond. Jesus is alive. He showed up to 500 people. He showed up to these apostles that would carry this story forward. And ultimately, what happened to Jesus will happen to us.